Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Angela Kalia, named as one of the top facialists in LA by Goop and skincare's rising stars by Women's Wear Daily. Angela focused her passion devoting the past several years to bringing eco-luxury beauty to the masses. Angela's fusion of time-honored European principles, the latest technological skincare breakthroughs, and belief in the power of rose quartz crystal as an anti-aging skin miracle is brought to life in her Angela Kalia skincare collection. In this episode, we dive into Angela's journey from her time studying in France to working in New York's elite spas and eventually moving to LA where Barbara Streisand gave her the courage to go after her dreams. Angela shares her favorite beauty tips along with tools for feeling your best, like surrounding yourself with people who lift you up and have a high vibration. We chat about her approach to facials, which I will personally attest gives the most incredible glow, you must go visit her in LA or enjoy her products at home. Keep listening to hear all about Angela. Angela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. It's so nice to see you again. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Angela and I met just about a month ago. I came in when I was visiting LA for an incredible facial and Literally, I sent pictures to my mom and sister and they were like, oh my God, I've never seen your skin glow so much. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. It was so nice to meet you. Well, I would love to dive into your story and really start with your personal wellness journey and ultimately how you got into the business you are today. But curious to start where you developed your interest in skincare. Did you always want to go that route professionally? That's a great question. And I'll answer that. But I also want to say, I was so excited you emailed to come get a facial because I know your products and I was very excited to have you. So I just want to throw that in to everyone. Thank you. I'm a big fan of you as well. So in terms of how I started the wellness journey, it, it was, it began when I was very young, about eight or nine. I grew up in the Central Valley of California and I grew up in a big farming family. And My brothers and sisters, they were always eating the apricots and the plums and the nectarines and the grapes. And I was the one making masks and applying to my skin and really obsessed in a strange way with applying everything to my face. So I think that's kind of when it started. Did you, was your mom into that? Or like, how did you even know to take these ingredients and put them on your face at that age? I think I watched uh, my mom and my grandma in the kitchen and they were cooking. And I, for some reason, was just more into beauty and skin. Uh, I think I had like my first pimple or something weird. And I just, I may have uh, saw it on TV, someone using egg whites on their face. So I just became obsessed with using all the fruit and making masks and applying to my face. It felt good. Yeah. (laughs) So at that young age, do you remember thinking like, hey, I want this to eventually become my profession or it was just more of a you know, hobby at that time. At that time, I was amazed by when I removed it, how great my skin looked. In terms of a profession at the time, I was just bent on being a fashion designer. I thought I would be a fashion designer, like a huge one. So that was my dream to be a fashion designer. So then where did you go from there? How did you end up developing going out to school and going to design or, or talk about that journey? Yeah, what happened was I ended up going to business school and I had a program where I could study at the Sorbonne in France. So I was, you know, early 20s. So I jumped on that. I went to Paris and I was young and I I discovered facials at that time. I was I walked by in the beautiful streets. I saw like a big desk with a beautiful woman with a clinical lab coat and all the skincare on the shelves. She was just standing there. And I didn't see any hair. I didn't see any nails. And I was just like, what is this? And I wandered in and I barely spoke French. And I um, had my first facial and I just became kind of intrigued with the savoir faire that the French women have and, and how they didn't wear very much makeup, but they were very into their skin and how confident they were without makeup. That I was intrigued by. So then I came back to where I was living in Carmel, my school. 
and walked by a place in Carmel that looked just like what I saw in Paris. And this, mind you, was 27 years ago. So there weren't spas. No one knew what an esthetician was at the time. So I was like, wait, this looks just like what I saw. This is that interesting thing. So I went in and it was a French woman in the lab coat. Her name was Chantal Tautin. And um, she ran it with her husband and it was a Yonka Paris training institute, which was one of the first, first botanical skincare lines, all fetotherapy, mother and daughter team. It's still quite huge and still one of my favorite lines, but it was their training institute and spa. So I walked in and I just said, listen, I want to work here. I'll work your front desk. I'm going to business school, but I just want to be here. And uh, I ended up driving to San Jose an hour and a half every day to become an esthetician uh, a little bit into being there. I'm like, I have to do this. I love that you really like figured out that calling. So clearly it seems like. So it was pretty clear. Yeah. yeah. I was drawn, drawn to skincare and, and empowering women. I think just to be transparent, I didn't have a great relationship with my mother, my own mother. And our only connection was through skincare or makeup. So I think getting into the field of making women feel good and empower them somehow helped me heal that in a way. I think that's why I devoted my life to empowering women to, to feel good and, and connecting and helping women. I think I was trying to heal that, that void too. Sure. Yeah. So ultimately you take the classes to become an esthetician and then how do you end up really taking that leap to begin the practice, start seeing clients and ultimately open your own space and how much time had passed, I guess, through that journey. Yeah. When I got my license, I was the first hire. And when I told my friends and my boyfriend at the time, you know, I'm going to become an esthetician, I'm going to do this. At the time it was only $2,000 to go to beauty school and get it. Now it's like $10,000. So that just shows how long ago it was. And he was like, electrician, what? Like no one knew what, (laughs) no, no, not electrician, esthetician. And um, hairstylist? I go, no, skin. So that journey, I started working with the French woman, Chantal. She took me under her wing. And I started working on a lot of celebrities. This was in Carmel, which is a very posh area, gorgeous area up north. And I was just trained by someone who was really into service and, and really giving a true facial. Because the facial is from the French. So I, I'm really blessed that I was trained by someone who was very serious about the facial and also an expert and also a brand that happened to be plant-based, who was a leading brand and still is. From there, I was just making money, working. And then I was living in Carmel and, and, you know, I was 22 or 20 and they call it the land of the newlywed or nearly dead. So (laughs) I was just like, um, there's no one to date here. I'm bored. It's just everyone goes to bed by nine and I'm like 20, 21 or something, 21. So I wanted to go to New York. So I bought a one-way ticket to New York City. This was, when was this? Like in 96 or 97. And at the time I was so excited. You know, I had watched friends. I was ready. I left my boyfriend, one-way ticket, a bag. My friend had just moved there to, she just graduated from grad school and she was working in banking. So I said, yeah, I'll help you move in and get settled. She's my best friend. And when I got there, I told her, I'm like, I love my boyfriend. I'm actually going to stay here. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Yay. She was like, yay, thrilled. So I stayed with her a month and then I, you know, I got a job right away and moved out. So I wasn't a burden on her, which I ended up staying in New York longer than she did. And I thought, wow, I'm going to go to Frederick Fakai. At the time, Frederick Fakai was like the biggest. Huge. Yeah. Huge. 97. So I went into Gorge on 57th, the most beautiful. It was just so glamorous. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be an esthetician here. And I'm going to make money and I'll be able to live here. Well, I go in and I realized the pay, they only hired like Romanian women and they were paying minimum wage. And I was like, ooh, this is, I was making like 800 a day in Carmel and doing really well, just rented a room. So I was like, oh boy, this is not going to work out. Well, I kind of thought I'd be able to survive in a city. It was a different, they approached it differently. I was so young. I also had a fantasy to study acting. So I also was going to Lee Strasberg. I auditioned and got in. So I was studying acting during the day and I was doing facials with another company that was very elite. And they went to like celebrities' homes and did massages on the Upper East Side, but they hired me to open up their aesthetic division at the time. That was just a great experience. And I ended up 
I was, she wanted me to help create a product. And I met with uh, Peter Thomas Roth at the time. He was quite young. I worked with him a little bit on products because we were trying to create a product. But it was a great experience for me personally to gain uh, confidence and empower myself just as a human being, you know, coming from a small town. So it helped my journey a lot to spend time in New York. That's huge. And then you ultimately left New York. Yes. And what made you go to LA and open up your studio there? I looked up one day in New York, I was 28. And I was like, oh God, I want to see a sunset. I, the buildings were so high. Yeah, There were rats coming to the garbage. And I, and I had my fun in New York. I, I got that out. And I was just like, I want a life and it's time to go. So I went home to see my family uh, in the Central Valley in the farm area. My brothers and sisters had already had babies, married, they're kind of starting their lives. And I got to know my nieces and nephews. And being in New York for a few years, I was like dating like investment bankers. They're very fast, you know? And when I went home, I'm like, oh, well, it's so nice to be around simple people again. So I ended up meeting a guy who I ended up marrying because he was from a family. My father loved his family. So, but that um, didn't work out. And I was really bored. So I decided to uh, leave after I, mean, I said, hey, honey, I, you're, you're great, but this isn't working out. Let's just kind of call this quits. So we amicably, amicably divorced and, um, I didn't want to go back to New York because uh, I knew I had to be rich to go back and I didn't want to live, you know, hand to mouth. So I moved to LA. When I came here, I started working at Ula Henriksen Spa right in West Hollywood. That is where I started to work on some celebrities. Ula had already sold the spa because he, you know, started his skincare line. This a big celebrity facialist, a man. People think that's a woman, but it's a man from Denmark. Lovely man. I just got my groove on there and just started working on celebrities, started to get my hustle on, which I got from New York, which is why I went to New York to not be so nice. I needed a hustle. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was New York will teach you that for sure. Yeah. So I came back and got that hustle on and hustled my way to Barbara Streisand and gave her a facial. And she was the one who inspired me to start my skincare line. So you did tell me this story when we chatted before. I'd love to hear if you want to share the inspiration yes. that she gave you. Yes. Uh, so I, I was working at Ula Henriksen. and he had sold the spa and someone who bought it was just kind of new to the business. He was younger and he cut everybody out, everybody's hours. And I was like, how can I make a living doing facials nine to one? You know, cause I, and I said, no one's getting a facial at nine. So I was just kind of struggling financially, but yet I had this great clientele. Someone came in who's, I said, Hey, well, you know, just normal chit chat. She was like 25. What do you do? I'm Barbara Streisand's assistant. And I was already working on some, some ringers at the time. So I felt confident enough at the time to say, well, if she ever needs a facial, you know, just say it's from you and I'll, I'll give her one for free. Like, just give me Barbara's face. And she said, well, her birthday is next week, actually. And, and then I was like, oh God, that I was like, this is really going to happen. And then she said, well, let me talk to the staff and, and get back with you. So sure enough, she sends an email the next day. We talked with the staff. We spoke with Barbara because you don't just surprise Barbara with a facial at home. Barbara has to be aware which I love. And uh, Barbara approved me. So I drove to her compound. Wow. When I say compound, I mean compound on the bluffs. It's just like so many homes together. You can walk to any of the homes. It's just stunning. I remember sitting in my like Land Rover outside. I had never been more nervous because I, I just love Barbara. And it was time. I looked at my watch. It's time to go in. So I went in and because they say either Barbara loves you or hates you. There's no in between. And even people that work for her for many years fear her at times, you know, like she's just such a powerhouse. So I was such a fan. I'm like, God, I hope she loves me. I hope this goes well. <laughs> so I went in and it was a two hour facial. She talked the whole time. She was absolutely lovely. And there was a moment in the beginning of the facial where I told her how much Yentl meant to me as a young girl growing up in a small town in the Central Valley. My mother was a huge fan of Barbara. And she said, hey, this is Yentl. Watch this. This is the first female director, writer, star, producer of a film. There she is. And I was like, whoa. And she was dressed like a man in Yentl. And it was just this whole story. And I thought, that's really pretty badass. And I was like 11. And my mom was very independent as well. So she directed me to watch that. So I let Barbara know that my mom alerted me about her. And with this, about how she you know, created her dream and, and did this as a woman. 
And she said, it's a shame that Hollywood hasn't really changed that much. And there hasn't been a lot of progress. And then she said, I was 40 when I did that. And then she said, how old are you? I said, 40. And then she opened her eyes, looked up, gorgeous blue eyes right underneath me, you know, 10 inches from my face, like literally my hands are on her. I mean, how intimate is that? She looked up and she was like, well, what's your dream? And just that Brooklyn matter of fact, well, what's your dream? Like, what's your dream, honey? I did mine at 40, (laughs) but you're 40. What's your dream? Why are you over here doing this to my face? And we're at some little spa. So that moment I was just, when Barbara Streisand asked you 10 inches from your face, what's your dream? I didn't know my dream walking in, but the moment her eyes locked with mine, I said, to have a skincare line. Like, it just like a, a revelation epiphany of, uh, that's my dream. You, you know, you answer that my dream was that. I didn't know it, but then I knew it. So after the facial, she took me up into her bathroom. She's like, come with me. I want you to uh, see my bathroom and, and help me decide what products I should be using. So I walked up into her gorgeous pink bathroom and it looked like, um, a, a counter, like a partial Sephora. Like there's just so many products she's been sent. <laughs> so many products she's been sent and very girly and adorable. And, and I saw so many products. Well, having been a facialist for so long at that time, what, 23 years, I knew all the products. I knew all the ingredients and I knew her skin. So I grabbed her regimen. I said, use this, use this, use this, and then do this twice a day. Da, da. So I left so empowered to start that skincare line because Barbara, I mean, she was just like, honey, what, what should I be using? And and then she sent the next day FedEx a glossy eight by 10 of her with her gorgeous nails. And it she hand wrote, you know, very like glamour Hollywood. Dear Angela, thank you for the most beautiful afternoon. Uh, and I really enjoyed it, blah, blah, blah. Oh. So super empowered. And I started looking for skincare labs like that day. I'm like, I can do this. If I've got this amazing woman who's like, you can do it. That's such an amazing story. I love that. And I feel like it's having that confidence, I'm sure, that yeah. that gave you, that you just needed like that push to say, all right, I can do this. Why not? Why not me? I think that's such a, an important lesson for entrepreneurs or anyone starting out something that they're passionate about. Exactly. And it's really hard. And, and one, one piece of advice that I recommend is because I started working on people who were the top of their field. So I was fortunate enough to start to surround myself with people who were very empowered themselves. So I recommend to anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, meet up with entrepreneurs, do the groups, find them, and they will help lift you up to believe in yourself more than, you know, someone, other friends who were, I don't know if they were jealous, you know, just like sometimes your, your, your close group of you know, the five friends you hang out with, they, they didn't see me in that light. They see me, they saw me in a different way. So I just decided, yeah, I'm not that vision you guys see. I want to be this. So I just found those people and became one of them, basically. So that's my advice too, to to go through the ceiling and, and just find people who are doing what you want to do. I think that's such good advice. It's like those people who are vibrating at that frequency that yes. you want to be at and really help help lift you up. Yeah, I lost a friend. I had a friend who I didn't realize was so threatened and she was always starting her business. And, and I was like, she put me in this little box and I started to become empowered and I lost her friendship because she was so threatened by it. I'm like, wow, that really was not a friend. Wow. You know, you learn a lot of things along the way like that. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit now about what your approach is to skincare and facials and, you know, how amazing it is? <laughs> I, well, I, my approach is in my facial treatment room and it, it's follow through with my skincare line. I combine high tech with soothing rituals in nature. So what I do is very performance-based. So after the facial, like I did with you, I said, look in the mirror. You know, that's like my favorite part is everyone's like, whoa, after their <laughs> facial. So you got to have that when you create a skincare line, if I'm putting my name on a jar. So I'm a perfectionist and I work, you know, tirelessly with my labs to create skincare and products to give that immediate result with the combination of the scientists, the technology with the veto-based natural botanicals. And that's just a part of my philosophy and less is more, like less is more, not more is more. So can you dive a little bit into what happened? Well, we'll touch on skincare line in a second, but just to touch on 
what happens in the facial and like why you look so amazing afterwards. What are some of those techniques that you use and why, you know, certainly it's resonated your practice with all of these clientele and celebrities, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm about to, I want to do a masterclass for estheticians just to kind of throw in what I've learned. You know, it's just, I also worked in the five-star hotel business when I was like 18 or 19 as well. So there's a certain element of service you, you give, which helps that client relax and enjoy the experience. They're there paying per minute and it's their money per minute. So don't talk about yourself. And so I try and create the environment. I don't talk to anyone else in the building for at least like 10 minutes prior to my client coming because I get in a zone. That's really important to me to uh, be able to focus 100% on them when they walk up and eye contact, talk with them, just give 100% of that facial energy to them because it is an energy exchange. And I find out their needs, their desires, because if, if I say, you know, what are your skincare concerns, which is one of the first questions I ask, and I'm looking at their face with my trained eye and saying, oh boy, honey, we've got some fine lines. I need to work on those. Those, you know, you're dehydrated. But if she answers, oh, it's my large pores, that's my concern. You know, I have to listen to her. So I'm going to help her and, and I'll clear that, but I'll also go back and do what I want to do. But it's really important that you cater to what their, you know, their needs are and their concerns. So that's always done. And I give the soothing with the high-tech equipment. I, I use the best equipment, but I, after I do that, like the loud machine, I'll go in and use a gua sha or rollers or massage, or I just want to balance it to where the biggest compliment is if they fall asleep. <laughs> and I've had a few lately. And when they do that, that's when I know they're just having that moment that they all need. You know, these we women, we work so hard. You're an entrepreneur. You're probably exhausted. Uh, we have children. We have husbands. We're exhausted. Some people put their phone on their chest. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. No, <laughs> don't do that. Don't put the phone on the chest. Put it away. So it's just, it's really important that they really take in that hour because I, I want to give them that that element of like an escape too, along with yeah. the result. It's a total escape. I love how you put on the rose quartz eye or face and chest. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits of the rose quartz? And I know that you can buy that too from you directly. Yeah. I designed that about three years ago and because I wanted to create a signature facial and I was already using, I was one of the first to launch a rose quartz roller like four and a half years ago when I launched it by the gray and that video went viral. So all of a sudden people started using rollers. I got a lot of press, which was great, but I, I found that women also bought other rose quartz items. So I did a few other ones. They wanted it all. I'm like, wow, how interesting. So with the facial, I needed to create an identity actually for Instagram. And I wanted to create, I was interested in the anxiety blanket and I bought one. It was way too heavy, but I thought, what if I did like because they're there to relax. What if I did like a little weighted blanket of the crystals on their chest during the facial? Like, like this really love energy with a weight to really relax them. So it was just an experiment. And I had it made. There's like over 500 crystals. I had it hand-sewn and made just for my treatment room. And I still remember the day when I put it on my client. And usually I was chatting with her. She was a friend. She completely stopped talking. And I'm like, whoa, there's something here because it really relaxed her with the weight of the crystals. And then I did the one for the face. I designed a full face, again, inspired by ancient Chinese. I mean, I didn't come up with the crystals and, and you know, gua sha's, but inspired by ancient Chinese practices, I created a full face for an esthetician to calm inflammation because I was using the machines to heat the face and peels. I needed it cold like that. And the rollers took a little time. So I decided, let me create something where it just lays on the face, where it's kind of like the weighted blanket, but it's like a hug of crystals and they're cold because they're naturally so cold, the rose quartz. They're colder than any of the other crystals like amethyst or obsidian. So I thought if I lay that, it'll be cold. And I put it on and I noticed they fully relaxed. I lifted it and to the touch, within less than a minute, their face was cold. Wow. So I needed that to go on to the next step. And it, it created an identity on Instagram. I called it the Rose Quartz Goddess Facial. Again, just empowering self-love energy, but also practical use. And uh, my, my retailer, Netta Porte, said, um, and then my retailer Hong Kong, or in Hong Kong, Lane Crawford, a luxury department store, said, we want to sell that full face rose quartz mask. I'm like, really? Okay, well, that's really expensive to make because it's all hand-sewn and crystals everywhere. And I didn't expect to sell it. I did, and I'm really particular about all of my rose quartz. It's all sourced in Brazil. 
and I get the highest grade. So it's always high quality. And I, um, I put it to retail and then I got knocked off by the way, Uh, the factories in China, because I was one of the first to launch the Rose Quartz roller. They were all following me on Instagram. So they saw that I designed this and bam, they went to their factories and I got the patent, thankfully in China for it, but they were able to do like an angled version because it like hard angles all of a sudden, it's being sold at like aesthetic shows here in Vegas. Oh, they did, that's so they disappointing. Did, they did the different stones and then they did the chess piece and it sold. And I'll, I'll, I'll scroll through Instagram and I'll see these estheticians all over using the black obsidian, using the fit. And, and it's my design. So that was one of the first lessons of being an entrepreneur where I was just like really struck by that. I was naive, not knowing in China how they knock off like that. Sure. But, but um, at least more estheticians get to use it. But anyway, that was kind of annoying. That is a really hard thing to see when it's like your baby, your creation. Yeah, but it's all right. I, I'm more focused on my skincare. So I got over that, but whatever. <laughs> all right, well, let's dive into the skincare. So talk about the line and some of the key ingredients that you use and their benefits. Yes, um, my skincare, you know, having that farm background with my grandfather being a big farmer, I'm really into fresh and small farms. And with the ingredients of the skincare line, I know I can't get it all in one farm. So I wanted to source with my lab. I'm a very amazing female chemist and another female scientist and an aromatherapist and me, the esthetician. So we all work together. And my lab has a great relationship with many farmers all over the world that are small batch. So we get for example, my neroli and my cleansing oil from Southern Italy. It's this bitter orange blossom. So that's sourced there and it's all organic. And we also, let's say, what else? The goat milk, the goat milk and the souffle moisturizer, which helps to calm redness. It's the perfect pH because it's identical to our skin. My hero is the souffle moisturizer, but the others are coming up quick. That is sourced It's by Mayenberg Farms, which is in the Central Valley, which is where I'm from. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I've been to the farm. So I try and just support the farmers and make it small batch. And I created a a proprietary kind of a lipid lock technology because I'm all about the lipid barrier being preserved and protected and nourished. And so many products just sit on the face or they're made of synthetics and they really just sit on the face and they can clog your pores. So I created a, a lipid lock technology. It's proprietary, kind of a blend that helps to further absorb all of the ingredients deeply into the skin to get that instant result. And what are those ingredients in that? Or is that something you can talk about? Oh, the proprietary blends? <laughs> <laughs> well, a source, and I they- have antioxid- uh, antioxidants and meadow foam seed oil, which is found uh, specifically in the Pacific Northwest. It's a sustainable crop. And, and what is that? Say that name again, meadow farm? It's from, it's from the uh, Lanthus alba flower. And there's an oil derived from it called meadow foam seed oil. Wow. And it's... They call it that because it's a big white flower that looks like it's the foam from the ocean coming in. And it is basically my miracle that I help with, I do this blend with the antioxidants. It's my miracle broth. And it basically is the same molecular structure as our own sebum. So it's able to penetrate deep into the skin. It's very high in ceramides. So with this blend, I'm able to super infuse everything in the product into your skin deeper. And I have it in all of my products. And the products I'm continuing to make. That's amazing. Well, I, I've been a big fan since we met of using the cleansing oil and the, I guess the daily serum. So yeah, the, the daily botanical serum. But, yes. Loving it. So what is your morning and evening routine like from a skincare perspective? And then we'll talk about from a non-skincare perspective as well. Yeah. Um, my morning and evening mornings, I don't wash my face. I haven't for 25 years. Americans overwash their skin. They overexfoliate. They put too many products on. What happens with that is they strip the lipid barrier from the oils they need to help them look more youthful. So I haven't washed my face, even putting water, even splashing with water will change the pH and can dry your skin, by the way. So in the morning I wake up, I apply the souffle moisturizer I'll put the daily botanical serum on top, just a few drops. This is an oil. Actually, it's all organic with sea buckthorn, rosehip, which is mother nature's retinol. It's really lovely. So I'll apply that 
And then I'll go in my freezer and grab my gold cryo, which feels so good. I did it this morning. Actually, it's like a one minute cryo facial. It wakes me up and I put it over my eyes and I just, I just try and incorporate with my skincare, the facial tools and tricks that I do in the treatment room. And then how about at night? At night, it's thorough cleanse because, you know, I didn't cleanse in the morning. She just, <laughs> and the reason I didn't cleanse in the morning also is that when you do that deep cleanse at night and you apply your treatments, you're not like out in the sun, you're not wearing makeup, you are in a enclosed environment, hopefully you have a humidifier if it's, you know, dry or cold where you are, but your skin is your largest organ and it's regenerating. So it's in this perfect balance. And then if you wake up and use a cleanser that's drying or stripping, which most of them are, then you've just erased all of that and you're going back and putting things back in. So it, it's just very helpful to age better that way. But at night, I'll use my anti-pollution cleansing oil, which you mentioned, the organic one with marula, moringa, black currency, neroli. And it's so lightweight and I apply it, massage, and then I add water and emulsify it, remove. And then I will use, I'm testing some new products that I'm about to launch. I spent the last two and a half years creating products. So I will put, I have this anti-aging serum I'll put on, which is about to launch. I'm very excited about that in a few months. And then I will do this Sucoli moisturizer and sometimes I'll mix it up and and do the daily botanical serum, which is the the oil. So two and a half years to launch a new item. Let's talk about that a little bit because I know in the food world, we historically were always like super fast. And now our, our timeline is a little bit longer, say maybe a year, but two and a half years is a long time. So how has that process been for you? It's been nice because I stopped giving facials, you know, for a year of that with the pandemic. So I created with my lab and my team, like four amazing products that are just sitting there ready. So it it's good and it's bad. I'm so picky. So I, I get samples and I'm like, oh, the consistency is wrong. It's too light. You've got to do this. You know, I feel some, we need more granular, you know, whatever it is, I send it back and we work back and forth. So that takes about six months. What's nice about being an esthetician, I start the process with like, okay, what does my client need? Cause I'm working on skin all the time. So I'm like, okay, well, she definitely needs something other than the retinols because it's drying her skin out. So what can I create for this client? So it's so nice working on so many different women. And I just kind of create, instead of like so many brand founders say that aren't estheticians, oh, I created this because I wanted it for my skin. Yes, I want it for my skin, but it's primarily, I'm thinking of the women I'm working on. And that's what inspires me every day to create the products. It does take a long time because I also do clinical uh, testing. And that takes about three months and it costs a lot of money. You do an outside lab where they find, you know, 30 women with a certain age group and they use solely your products uh, for two weeks, four weeks, whatever it is. And they give their perception studies on on how their skin changed and it's completely not biased and it's an outside lab. And so those results just came in for, I'm so excited for three products and they all, the woman who has the company was like, Angela, these are insane. These are so, it's, it's all 90 to hundred percent. Oh my so, God. That must've been so exciting to get that re- result. Yeah. So I'll be using that in the marketing with the new launch of that anti-aging serum, which scored really high. Cause you know, I can think it's amazing, but it's really right. nice that all these women did too. So yeah, and I'll be launching on QVC in March. So I did the, the clinical studies with the Suple moisturizer as well. And that scored extremely high, 90 to hundred. So I'll be talking about that on QVC. So exciting. And this will be your first time on QVC or second time? Third time, actually. But the first time with my brand, I was asked, I, I have a friend who was one of my clients five years ago at Ula Hendrickson. She started Glam Glow, which is a mask line. Yeah. And she sold, she and her husband started it and she sold to Estee Lauder. And now she has something else. But she's like, Angela, I hate going on QVC. This was, I was working as an esthetician. I was just, you know, divorced, hardly any money. She's like, you're a celebrity esthetician. Would you please go on QVC for me? So she flew me out. She paid me $1,000 and she flew me out to Pennsylvania. And first I said, no. And then, I, and then she came back, please. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I went and it was so funny. I, I made my numbers. I did well. And then the second time I flew out, I was you know, more comfortable with QVC. It's a huge like, football field. And it was funny. I, uh, I went in and and on the screen, I was about to go in for makeup. It was like two in the morning because I had a 3 a.m. show that day, which was terrible. But I saw Ula Henriksen on screen. Like he was there in the studio. Oh, no on, way. 
And I worked for Ulla Henriksen Spa. And here I was just the little esthetician. And I was all the way out in Pennsylvania about to go on air at QVC for Glamour. So I had to duck, you know, into the makeup room because I didn't want to get fired, even though he wouldn't have fired me at all. And and I haven't talked to him about that, but he probably maybe found out I was on there, but <laughs> he had sold the spa anyway. But again, um, that was just a great experience. So I'm excited to go back with my skincare. That's super exciting. I did QVC many years ago oh. and thinking about doing it again, actually, but it it was a nerve wracking experience at first. And just knowing like this is live and you have seven minutes or whatever the time frame was yeah. to sell X amount of dollars and you see the numbers tick, like the dollar sales ticking. Yeah. You go in the green room and you see the computer screens of all the, the dollars. And yeah. You have a limit. You have to sell at least this each minute, you know, otherwise you're never on it. You know, it's like pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It's so much pressure. And I remember when I went, you know, the founder, Shannon, my friend flew me out. She came with me and we sat in this round room, very intimidating because I, I hadn't been on air yet. And I met with some people from QBC and the lady looked at me and she's like, okay, sell me on the mask, like in this round room. And I was just like, uh, and I did a, like, uh, it's this, and I did a terrible job. And I could tell the owner of Glamblow, but Shannon, she was like nervous, like, oh God, why did I ask my this? <laughs> why did I fly her out for this? And I was really like, I did a terrible, I couldn't talk on the spot in this round room. She was kind of intimidating this woman. So then someone in the room, very smart said, let's, let's go on set. So they went on set with me and I wasn't being aired, but they put me on set and they said, sell this. And I just boom, lit up and, and did like an amazing job because I felt comfortable on stage doing it. Right. And then, then they looked at each other like, okay, she'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, that's super exciting for you in the coming months. Yeah. Especially because so, I didn't know back then I would ever go back with my own skincare. Right. I didn't think I was ever going to have one. It's going to be a total full circle moment for you, for sure. Yeah. As you're growing the business now, really developing out the skincare line and all of that, what do you see right now as some of your biggest challenges that have been there and in scaling and what are you at the same time? What are you like most exciting about excited? It's probably the same answer. The, the most challenging is the scaling part because we're self-funded and it's my husband and I wearing a lot of hats. We get that's also the most exciting part because the possibility of really breaking through and becoming that hundred million dollar skincare brand and lifestyle brand. That's exciting. But day to day, it's, it's a lot. But the exciting part is we'll get there. And it's it's the climb that I enjoy to it and not having to answer to anybody. I don't have a bunch of investors. He and I make decisions on the fly. Like I was uh, on with China last night at like midnight till about 1.30 dealing with uh, a vendor, you know, just like working, 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 making split decisions. I'm designing some stuff. And so that fashion design dream that I had, well, I'm yeah. incorporating that. Incorporating that, I did the armor. I designed everything. I designed my packaging. I've designed all of the rose cords. I'm designing other stuff. So there is a little combo. Yeah. And- that creative piece of design yeah. bias. Yeah. It is amazing starting out and being able to control every part of your destiny. I think yes. a super lucky position to be in and one that just is so exciting in the roller coaster. And, and stressful. You know, and stressful. You know, it's a total roller coaster. It's totally real. Every day, it's like we wake up, it's like, oh God, I hope it's a good day. And then like midday, my husband, Angela, and I'm like, oh God, it's going to be good or bad. You know, it's like, it's always up or down. Yeah. You know, so how I, do you deal with that? What are any good tips for just staying? Like, I hate the word balance because I think as an entrepreneur, it doesn't exist. But what are the tips that you use to just stay and inspired, motivated, and, you know, not kind of burnt out. Well, I think you're, and you'll probably agree with this. You're always motivated because you've invested so much already. There's no turning back. So whether that's money, time, lifestyle, whatever you've invested. So there's no looking back. You're, you're on this train. So that keeps me motivated. And the competition keeps me motivated too. Although I don't, ever look at other products. I don't look at my competitors. I try not to, cause I want to keep my vision. Otherwise if I'm looking like my husband, sometimes will be like, Hey, look at this. I look at what someone did. Look at they, the product they dropped and you know, look what she's doing. I said, I don't want to look because it's, it doesn't serve me because I want everything to be organic and unique from what I want to create for people. 
which makes my products unique and, and everything unique. I agree. I feel the same way. I think you yeah. can get caught looking at what everyone else is doing and that it just leads to, I don't know, not, not necessarily the best place where from a product perspective, from your own like personal perspective of how that makes you feel, I've always felt staying yeah. really just focused on what we're doing and not those outside forces is important. And you've done that as well. You've created something so unique and special. And I can tell you weren't looking at the competition. Like that's something you wanted to create. And that's why you're so successful is that. And that's why when I got the email, I was like, oh my God, awesome. Like <laughs> I knew exactly who you were. I was very excited. So that's because you weren't watching the competition and duplicating it. You were being authentic. Thank you. So do you have any favorite books, mentors, podcasts, anything that helps you from a growth perspective that you tap into? Yeah, I, I've always been obsessed with business books, I guess, because I studied business in college. I love the podcast, How I Built This. That's always inspiring to hear people that I've admired, like the, the founder of Dermalogica, Jane Wurwand. I just bought her book. She just dropped a book, by the way, and 100% of her product, her proceeds of that book goes to help, which is so like something I would do, goes to help empower women and uh, programs for women. And um, awesome. Yeah. So I, I read um, business books that help inspire me, whatever it may be. And I also, in terms of empowering women, a part of what I do, which no one really knows about, which is kind of when it's most authentic, like you don't need to tell everyone, but I, um, there's a, a, a nonprofit called Girls Crushing It. It's kind of like an MBA empowering program for young girls from eight to 15. And I do, what do I do? I did a slumber party with them and inspired them and told them how because they're all like creating their own businesses, whether they're selling, like they're designing dog collars or, or um, succulents or, or bath bombs and lip balms. And so they're creating their businesses and they're being taught how to run a business before they get into high school where they become That's like, so cool. isn't that nice? So I, I help with them and um, try and inspire them. And I donate some proceeds and do some stuff with them too. So that fulfills me too, with this business. I love that. It's having that other, like, North star passion to drive you yeah. is so important. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to some rapid fire Q and A. I love it. Okay. Okay. If you could give anyone a facial who you haven't already dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, good question. Uh, I'd love to give Oprah's alive Oprah a facial. Um, most definitely. Um, who else would I like to give Michelle Obama. Oh, I should, I should just answer one. <laughs> we'll give you two. It sounds like you need to put them up on your vision board for 2022. Yeah. I really want Oprah just because I love what she's done with her life. That's someone I really want. The best kept beauty secret. Sleep. I mean, they call it uh, beauty sleep for a reason and sleep is extremely important. I really work hard to make sure I get enough sleep. So at least eight, eight, eight hours, it really does help. Any tips on having good sleep? There's so what many things you can do. You. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I w I'm one of those freaks where I can sleep in an airport. My husband teases me, <laughs> but <laughs> he has a problem sleeping. So what we're doing with him is he's not getting on the, the phone. He doesn't bring it to bed. He, for an hour, he'll let that go. And he'll listen to like a meditation, take a magnesium salt bath, do an infrared sauna, make sure he gets a workout in. So I help him sleep because... Not for his beauty, but for his health. <laughs> <laughs> Three random things that you're currently loving could be product, TV, show, anything. Oh, that's a good question. I just moved and I'm loving walking in the hills. So I'm in Studio City and it's just so beautiful. I took my dogs for a walk this morning. I, I love being in nature. That's something I, I always try to do to help with all the technology. I love doing that. I love, what do I love? I love my infrared sauna. It's very rejuvenating. And What's I love the infrared sauna that you have. It's by Healthmate and it's a two person one. And, and we have it outside, which is really cool. It's in an area where it's protected. And you can see, because I live in the hills through this, when you're sitting inside, you can see the nature of the hill. So it reminds me of a spa I went to called We Care, which is in Palm Desert, which. Oh, I've heard We Care is amazing. 
it changed my life. I did that for myself. That was a gift to myself for my birthday. I went there for a week and said, honey, I'm out. And I just <laughs> went and re rejuvenated. So I'm creating my own week here. And I put like a Buddha statue so you can see with the nature. So I, that was so uh, powerful and effective. I met so many amazing women there that are entrepreneurs who work their butts off and they knew they needed that. So I tried to recreate that here in a little corner. I call it my Zen corner outside. Oh, I love that. Ouch. But I, I'm loving that. And I'm loving um, trying new restaurants. You know, with the pandemic, there's some new restaurants kind of popping up now because leases are inexpensive. So trying to, to catch some new restaurants to create that balance too. Any favorite that you've recently tried? Yeah, um, there's one called, uh, it started off as a pop-up called Trois Mec. But now it's a restaurant called Petit Trois, which means little three. And there's two locations, but my favorite one is the original, which is on Highland and Hollywood. And it's just, it's like going back to Paris. It's just, you can sit outside. You're, there's literally no sign. You're like sitting in a parking lot. But the food is so authentically Parisian and the way everything looks, it feels like you're in Paris. So that's one of my favorite spots. How fun. Yeah. What do you want more of in your life? Um, I want more me time, whether that's, you know, I just want to get to the point where I can travel and, and see and experience new things. I think the pandemic kind of made everyone like get ghost or crazy. I look forward to going back to Paris. Um, I want, I want more travel, which is, you know, obviously the pandemic related, but I want to go to London. I want more me time where I can enjoy the beauty of the world versus just staying in this house and working and going to the spa. Like I want <laughs> to open up my world. So I have to be patient. What do you want less of? I want less stress with people that don't uh, serve me. I found, you know, as you get older, you, you're able to spot it. And I've had some instances where people kind of show their true colors right away whether there's someone I'm potentially hiring or, you know, maybe someone I might have as an intern, but you, I want less stress. So when I get the red flag from someone, I realize this could be a problem. I try to eliminate that relationship and, and know that it's not going to work out. Cause we all know, we all know right away. It's like when you go, you're on a date within 30 seconds, it's the guy's rude to the waiter. It's like, you know, that this is not going to be a good totally. relationship. So the same thing with hiring people. So I want to always have that vision where I have a great team of people that lift and support each other. Absolutely. What is a meal that you'll never forget? Mm, probably the, a meal that I'll never forget. Ah, it was uh, an incredible, uh, when I went to Hong Kong a couple of three years ago now, I just had the most amazing Chinese meal in Hong Kong. It was just phenomenal. It was just other level. It was so good was really impressed with, with Hong Kong. It's changed so much since then because you know, obviously politically, but I got to go when it was a different vibe and really, really had some amazing dinners there. Nice. What is your favorite career moment outside of the Barbra Streisand moment, which I'm sure was probably number one? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and there was a second reunification with Barbara seven years later, which is another great career mo moment. But um, I think my biggest one to date for a career moment was being selected by Sephora to be in their Sephora Accelerate program for female founders. They only accept 14 women from the, the world, basically. They only uh, accepted two from the US wow. and I was one of the two. So that happened in 2020. And um, that was the biggest moment for me, just knowing that all this work uh, is paying off to where I'm being recognized by Sephora and they want to help mentor me as a female founder and help me get money so I can grow the brand. That's amazing. Let's talk a little bit. I know we're in the rapid fire, but I want to hear a little bit more yeah. about that program. So you got accepted in 2020. Yes. Right when the and, pandemic hit. Wow. And it's, it's normally a boot camp up north. So they had to pivot and make it all online virtual. And I was meeting online with all these women all over the world and we were just trained by people at Sephora and also companies uh, that Sephora recommended to help train us in different ways, uh, whether it was media training or whether it was marketing for the brand or whether it was uh, a chemist and production doing products, all sorts of experts trained us for you know, almost six months. It was, it was pretty awesome and very empowering, you know, very empowering. That's so cool. And then ultimately, is there 
a line to say, if you want to get into Sephora, that that helps to enable you to get into their stores or it's really kind of outside of that? They don't guarantee that, but they pick you because they think you have great potential and they pick you because they want you to raise money because Sephora, as she said to me, is not a cheap date. It's very expensive. You don't make money for like a few years in Sephora. It's just all going for the marketing, the branding, the samples and building. So if we went in now, we would lose our shirt. Sure. So we're working to raise money so I can go back and pitch Sephora and, and hopefully get on the shelves. So exciting. Yeah. And the last question in rapid fire, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Being around people that are kind. Uh, if I, like, even sometimes my husband gets frustrated and I'm like, oh, no, 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 you don't like, you know, you need to be nice. Like, it's just like I, my, my non-negotiable is putting myself in the energy fields, even though he's the sweetest guy in the world. That's why I married him. But we all get cranky at times. And it's just putting myself in other people's energy fields where they're feeling something or it's not healthy. I not non-negotiable is I get out and go go for a walk. Like I don't want to be around that energy because I absorb it like like a sponge and I don't want it. So that's my non-negotiable is trying to stay as happy and, and well as I can for myself, you know, for my health and myself, because it's, it's a hard journey being an entrepreneur and it's stressful. So trying to maintain my stress levels and, uh, try my husband teases me cause I'm in the spa business. So I'm all about having fresh flowers, soft music, dim lighting and being Zen. So, uh, if someone tries to mess too much with my Zen, I, I got a problem with it. So <laughs> I love that. Well, Angela, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. In closing, anything else you want to share? I know we have a fun discount code too. Yes. Um, I want to thank everyone for for listening, uh, hearing the story and being here. So I want to offer a 20% off discount code on my site and free shipping available in the US. It's uh, Elizabeth20. If you type in Elizabeth20, all caps, Elizabeth20, you'll get 20% off uh, any of my skincare and tools, all the Angela Collier products. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was so great to have you. And I can't wait to come visit you when I'm in LA next. Yay. I can't wait for that too. And until then, I'll just keep enjoying your yummy granola and your products. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.